You're listening to DraftKings Network. Ortiz fights it off center field. Damon running to the plate, and he can keep on running to New York. Back to full. Red Sox fans have longed to hear it. The Boston Red Sox are world champions. I can't circle. I don't have my telestrator today, but what? here comes a pizza. See it? <laughs> This is our fucking city, and nobody gonna dictate our freedom. Stay strong. Welcome back to the Name Redacted Podcast, America's most beloved podcast, the most downloaded Red Sox podcast in the world. And we're not gonna be playing the Clark's Ketchup theme, which, by the way, I owe an apology to our listeners because last episode, I know you're. Hey, don't fucking shake your head because you're just much as fall. I'm as bad. I, yeah, I mean, hand up. I know. I didn't. I didn't play it. It wasn't by choice. I just genuinely forgot. Like we were both battling headaches in that episode. We called Coley. We were already like we were approaching like two hours at that point. I was like, Jesus Christ, this is a long podcast. So I hand up, I forgot. I forgot the uh Clark's ketchup MVP theme song. Yes, Tyler? No, I'm putting my hand up as okay, well. I want right. to apologize. Okay. Listen, I, I'm right there with you, but yeah. I do think we had a little bit of a flu game. It was a headache game. Yeah. We both were unwell. And dude, I think the worst part is we were sitting together after we recorded for like 15, 20 minutes talking and yeah. we it never came up. We no. never noticed it. It's just it's a straight L. No. And I, I'll be honest, I've had a headache three out of the last four days just fucking battling, just downing Advil. I don't know what's going on. I don't know if it's allergies I don't know if like my brain is too big for my skull now. I, I have no idea what's happening. It is concerning. Also, I will say this. This is something I've been battling since last June. I have fluid in my ear. Fluid? Mm-hmm. What do you mean fluid? So I like, you know how like when you go on a plane and there's like pressure in your ear and then like you like yawn or you chew gum and it pops and you're good. My left ear has been stuck like that since last summer and i just have been way too lazy or just like it hasn't annoyed me enough to do something about it until a couple of weekends ago i because i don't have a primary i'm dude i'm falling apart like i don't have a fucking primary doctor what are you doing when i moved to new york i didn't switch doctors and then in the three years that i was in new york my primary doctor retired so then when I moved back to Boston, I never got a new primary. So if I need medical attention, I either have to go to the emergency room or the minute clinic. So I went to the fucking CVS minute clinic for them to look in my ear. And then she just like sticks the thing. I, I was like, because I heard when I was at DraftKings, like Jesse Cofield was like, yeah, if you go there, they can kind of like drain your ear. I was like, perfect. That's exactly what I need. So I go there and she just looks in the thing and she's like, yep, fluid. And I was like, oh, OK, cool. So you're going to do something about it? And she was like, no, <laughs> she was like, they couldn't even drain it. No. So she was like, I take uh Zyrtec for like a couple weeks. And if that doesn't work, then try Flonase. I was like, those are allergy medications. I have fucking, she said there's fluid in my ear, but it's behind my eardrum. So you can't get to it. So I was like, well, what the fuck does that mean? I was like, so well, you're stuck with this. I guess. I don't know. Like she, she basically made it seem like if you take, allergy medicine i was like this is not allergies i was like there's fluid in my fucking ear and it sucks it just it feels like that annoying feeling when you take off on a plane and your ears get popped and it just won't unpop like no matter how much i yawn or do whatever 
Like nothing. Like I hold my nose and I blow and it, nothing, nothing happens. It's crazy. It's driving me nuts. It, it definitely sounds like your time on this earth is limited at the moment. It is. But it is. I, I can't lie. I can't really judge you. Um, I was treated very poorly by my last doctor, my mm. pediatrician, in fact, who abandoned me. You're a grown me ass out. man. You have a pediatrician. Whoa. Whoa. You're a grown Whoa. ass man, Tyler. Well, I, I needed to go to the doctor about, Tyler's you know, roughly six, seven months ago. Is in 59 minutes. <laughs> I am not turning during, 40. During the course of this recording, I guarantee you it'll the clock will strike midnight and Tyler Milliken will go. He will leave his 30s and enter his 40s tonight on this recording. And we love to celebrate, <laughs> don't we, Tyler? <laughs> we we're going to celebrate the big four. Just like we're celebrating the big 4-0-0 for Kenley Jansen. His wow. 400th career save. Most of it with the Boston Red Sox. We locked down a split, so no Clark's Ketchup Series MVP on this particular program. But it is a victory for the Red Sox in the finale, which means that it is one more time, Tyler. Please. For your 40th birthday, one more time. This is going to be a happy pod because we're coming in with a big victory, celebrating career save number 400 for Kenley Jansen. And how happy is he that he got to do it in Atlanta where his idol, Andrew Jones, played baseball, should be a Hall of Famer, just like Kenley Jansen will be because now he is one of seven relievers in the history. One more time. In the history of Major League Baseball, to record 400 saves. Cooperstown is calling. Kenley Jansen, are you picking up? Are you picking up? The answer is maybe because he's not going to pick up until he wins a World Series title with the Boston Red Sox. Was this a World Series preview, Tyler? That's what the people are saying. People are saying it. You went up against one of the best teams in baseball. Mm -hmm. Now, obviously, today, Max Fried going down. It did change the outlook a little bit. Not for me. But Not for me. I think it's a big boy win. That was the way Lou Merloni kind of phrased today. And mm -hmm. I think that was where you had a young pitcher in Brian Bayo make a major statement for you. The bullpen showed up and did a damn job. You saw late in the game everything that this team is built on in terms of working walks, you know, never making it easy, adding insurance runs and coming through late in games to relieve some of that pressure. I was sweating fucking bullets in that eighth inning, sweating. Because I was like, oh, this just feels like one of those games. You're going to go into the ninth. It's too perfect. Like, Kenley's going to get 400 against his childhood team, the team he loved and grew up rooting for. And Tristan Casas sends a fucking ball to the moon. We're all smiling. We can enjoy the ninth inning. And I thought as great as the moment was, like, Kenley's throwing 99 mile per hour fucking cutters. Mm -hmm. Like, this is the dude. A lot of Braves fans, let's be real, were telling us, laughing at us mm -hmm. when we gave Kenley that contract saying, he's fucking cooked. This dude's going to give you a heart attack. I haven't had a fucking heart attack this year. I'm, I'm going to be real with you. Mm -hmm. And the one time he did blow a save, he was hurt. So guess what? Doesn't fucking count. Well, now Sorry. Now in your 40s, you should really be getting your heart checked. Your heart I am 25. I am young. I'm full of life. Mm -hmm. Do not put that on me. I'm just saying. Um, spare me. Spare me. But <laughs> overall, I, I thought tonight was one of the Red Sox best ones in the entire season. Wow. You're putting that stamp on it. Do you disagree? No, I, I don't disagree at all. I mean, I, I know that people will try and take something away from it because of the uh, Max Fried injury and not having to go through their best or whatever. I don't give a fuck. Brian Bayo still had to go through 
the one of the best lineups, if not the best lineup in Major League Baseball. Um, how what, how many games have the Red Sox played so far? They're uh, twenty should be twenty two and sixteen. So yeah, thirty eight. Thirty eight. All right, the sound so, right? Yeah, let me do some math here. So, because I'm about to I'm about to give some credit where credits due. And it makes sense given the theme of uh, this evening's program. Um, all right. So the Red Sox right now, as it stands, have played 38 baseball games, right? And they have won 22 of them. Pretty good. How many saves has Kenley Jansen blown? One. One. Through 38 games last year, how many saves do you think uh, the Red Sox as a team have blown? Had to blow. 13. 10. There you go. That's the difference. Like, what you saw tonight was... And, you know, I think we'll have the conversation about Bayo in the sixth inning. I think some people took what I said a little bit the wrong way on Twitter. But when you have that kind of security to know that, oh, guess what? We got Josh Winkowski, Chris Martin, man. Mm. Can we talk about what Chris Martin has done since coming off the IL? Dude hasn't been fucking touched. He has been excellent. He's missing bats again. Uh, and he had to get four strikes on that last batter today. Um, three strikeouts in that inning. This is the bullpen that we've kind of been sitting and waiting for and saying, like, if they're going to ever go anywhere, like last year when we were dealing with all this heartbreak, this was our dream. Now we're getting to actually enjoy it. Um, it shows just how much it can infect or just kind of impact and become the identity of a team and be a reason why late in games. You have that confidence every single night. I never feel out of a game anymore. Last year, I felt out of a game anytime the Red Sox were down after six innings. Or even up a run. I was pretty down as it was. I'm, I'm throwing out a, a banger tweet right now. What do you got? Um, you ready for it? Bring it to me. Through 38 games last year, the Red Sox were 16 and 22 with an MLB leading 10 blown saves through 38 games this year. They're 22 and 16 and Kenley Jansen has one blown save. There you go. Like that, that just speaks to it. That it's speaks a completely to different it, Tyler. Team. That speaks to the fact that Bloom said, you know what? I saw a big fucking problem with my team last year. I saw a team that couldn't close out ball games. So you know what I did? I went out and got a closer that throws 99 mile an hour cut fastballs and seals the deal against the best lineup in baseball. Close out 400 foot, one more fucking time. Closes out 400 fucking games and you literally have flip-flopped your fucking record from a year ago. From a year ago, you have flip-flopped your shitty-ass record, 16 and 22. How about you take that 16 and 22 and shove it up your ass, and now you're 22 and 16. How about that, Tyler? Jake, can I get your thoughts on Kelly Jansen, please? Yeah, it was sick to see against uh, his former team and team he liked throwing up like that. Um, mm-hmm. It's, yeah, I mean, the stat you just read, the tweet you just sent out, it's like this same time last year we were talking about if we weren't blowing saves, this record could look so different, and now we're not, and our record does look different. Yeah. Yeah. Kelly like, Jansen. Jansen has nine saves 
so far. The Red Sox, comma, as a team, had just two saves through 38 games last year. That's bad, right? Horrendous. They only had two saves as a team. As a team. <laughs> the the fear we had, and this was around the time I believe they had moved Whitlock to the rotation, maybe a little bit after at this point, but like you were living in constant fear every single night. Mm. Every damn night. The team carried that energy. Now there's a confidence late in games. Casas was saying, he was like, after and post game, once we got to the bottom of the eighth, he's like, I knew Kenley Jansen was coming up. I felt really good. Like, that's the kind of confidence you miss this Red Sox team having. And Kenley Jansen off the field, like, we talk about all the on the field stuff, like mm-hmm. 400 saves, amazing. What this guy is meant to the clubhouse, I think, has been just as important as Justin Turner mm-hmm. hearing. And Jared, you'll appreciate this about Caleb Ort. Did you hear about this? Uh, that he, he's learning a cutter, right? No. So oh, he is. Uh, that's a scoop. That's a scoop. That's a scoop. That's interesting. Yeah, he's learning um, a cutter now. In Baltimore, after Caleb Ort had his meltdown, arguably one of the worst moments of his life, Kenley Jansen sat down with him, watched the entire outing and kind of comforted him and gave him some confidence. The same thing he did with Zach Kelly. Was it opening day or that first opening series? So when you're talking about a guy who sets the tone in the clubhouse, that's there for young pitchers trying to figure it out. That's Kenley Jansen. Mm. The guy who was a fucking catcher coming up and is now one of the greatest closers of all time. That's Kenley Jansen. That's my closer. That's my closer. (laughs) I love Kenley. I was like genuinely excited about that signing because I knew what it meant. And I think we were kind of all looking around at each other like, all right, like, are they? Oh, here's here's the here's the statistic that I wanted to complete. All right, let me run through this again. One, two, three, four, five, six. Okay, so through 38 games last year, the Red Sox were 16 and 22 with an MLB leading 10 blown saves. Through 38 games this year, they're 22 and 16, and Kenley Jansen has one blown save. Jansen has nine saves so far. The Red Sox as a team had seven saves between six different pitchers through 38 games last year. It's a complete 180. Mm-hmm. It is a complete 180, and Bloom's bullpen is a success. No matter what you could say, the identity of this team, the lineup is great. I still truly believe the bullpen is the roots, the anchors of where this ball club is right now, and that's how we're going to see it throughout the entire season. Mm-hmm. They will lean on this bullpen again and again and again, and they're going to have the arms to keep everyone fresh. At least it looks that way at the moment, and I don't think we've even seen the best version of it yet, which could ultimately have you know healthy cutter, Added to this, you know, Tanner Houck. We'll talk Nick Pavetta, but probably in some, you know, low relief Ryan Brazier role. But can you imagine having Schreiber, Martin Jansen, mm. and then your options like, oh, do I want Cutter for a couple innings today? Do I want Tanner Houck for mm. a couple innings? Like that is fucking, I'd even say Josh Winkowski. Mm. Like, think about that. That's how many options you're going to have late in games. Yeah. Feels right. Long relief. The right side of history on Winkowski. It does. It is a beautiful place to be. Yeah. You know where else is a beautiful place to be? The DraftKings Sportsbook. Because the baseball season's in full swing, whether you're rooting for the home team or betting on your favorite player, DraftKings Sportsbook has got you covered for all this season's action. And right now, new customers can place a $5 bet and get $150 in bonus bets instantly. Plus, everyone can hit one out of the park with DraftKings stepped up same game parlays. 
Boost your winnings with each leg that you add up to 100%. Join the big league action now on DraftKings Sportsbook. Download the app and sign up with the promo code Jared, J-A-R-E-D. New customers can bet just $5 on any bet and get $150 in bonus bets instantly only at the DraftKings Sportsbook with the promo code Jared. Um, So I I don't know where you want to start. Obviously, we had to start giving some love to uh, Kenley Jansen on his uh, 400th career save. But it sounds like you want to slander Nick Pavetta. Is that what you want to do? I do. And I think it's picking up a conversation we had, what, two episodes ago where we really got into it. Yeah. Um, I was right at the time, but it's changed. (laughs) My opinion has changed. I was right at the time. Jake, was I right at the time? Yeah, your opinion's allowed to change. Your opinion's allowed to change based on the results. Like if you, I'm not judging you. If if something happens and you feel one way about that thing that happened, if something in addition to that happens, now you can feel differently. Now that different things have happened, and different things have happened. I think multiple Jared, different things have happened. I think you can give me the stamp of approval. There's certain people in this community who will blah you, right? Like if uh-huh. you had one take and someone was on the other side. Mm-hmm. I don't seem. Am I that guy? I'm not on no, Twitter. Like, oh, no, fuck you, suck no. it. Like, yeah. I, I told you, there's people like that, though. I think we oh, know them. there are definitely people like that. Um, but no, I think Nick Pavetta really where the Red Sox are right now. And this series was a major spot, and they're you know him and Bay are going to get another start. It seems in Seattle, but these were statement moments for these guys. Like you're going up against a really good team. Go out there and show us why you deserve one of these spots with Paxton coming back Friday. You know, one arm's getting kicked there, and then Whitlock. It seems like he's going to be back pretty quickly. Yeah. Well, what's he get? The sim game coming up? Sim game tomorrow. Uh, rehab start Tuesday, and they might not even do another rehab start. They're probably going to make him do two to buy themselves some time here. Yeah. That seems to be the lane they keep walking. Mm-hmm. But I thought what Nick Pavetta ended up doing against the Braves was absolutely pathetic. Uh, four innings, eight hits, seven earned runs, three walks, two Ks. And listen, it's one of the best lineups in baseball. I get that. You never gave that the Red Sox a chance. The game was done in the first inning when you gave up four to one of the best teams in baseball. And I saw some people being like, oh, well, why are you overreacting? Like the Braves are so good. It's a 623 ERA this season, 585. That's bad. Bad. And, you know, we'll look at Tanner Houck. He has a five ERA. The FIPS four. Chris Sale, the FIPS 397. Corey Kluber, he's in the rotation because of the money he's being paid. That's just the that's what it is at this point. But he doesn't so look he, bad I, recently. He's been good of late. I would put him in the same spot as Pavetta in terms of the metrics saying, holy shit, he is cooked. Like uh, the metrics are just as bad for Corey Kluber as they are Nick Pavetta right now. Wow. Um, is he getting hit? What's Kluber's, the exit velocity on Kluber? It's got to be not good. Yeah, I'll pull it up right now. Um but that's the thing. And you look at Corey Kluber, like even the last couple starts where he's had a 386 ERA, yeah. the FIPS over five across yeah. those starts as well. Listen, I'm not here to slander Corey Kluber. He's pitched well. He's pitched better of late. I know what the advanced statistics say. Maybe that's a precursor of bad things to come. But we'll cross that bridge when we get there on Kluber. What's the exit velocity on Kluber? 27th percentile average exit velocity, 19th percentile hard hit percentage. Uh 12th percentile expected slugging, 21st percentile barrel percentage, 16th percentile expected ERA. Now you hear that and you're like, geez, that's scary. How about we go to fucking Nick Pavetta's page? It's right? all ice cold. Yeah. It's ice oh, cold. it's like, oh, yeah. Nick Pavetta, at least he's throwing, you know, 95. He has that curveball that he worked on over the offseason. Two second percentile average exit velocity, fourth percentile hard hit percentage, expected ERA is ninth percentile, barrel percentage, three, third percentile. It fucking sucks. <laughs> 
<laughs> nothing looks good for Nick Pavetta. No. And we went through all the stats a couple episodes ago about what was regressing. Mm-hmm. Feels like it's just caught up to him. And I understand when Nick Pavetta, right? He eats innings. We all understand the importance of that. Well, guess what? They need to be somewhat quality innings. When you give me a four or five ERA like you did the last two years, thumbs up. That's enough for a fifth starter. I can get on board with that. Maybe not with this team because of the talent they have. And, you know, you need to pick your spots. Guess what his ERA is over his last 30 starts? Dating back to last year, his ERA is 5.71. in his last 30. That's a season worth of starts right there. Last 24 starts, it's a six ERA. And the FIP is fives for the 24 starts. It's in the fours or just about fives or 30. Mm. So that's where Nick Pavetta is right now. That curveball shape he worked on that was supposed to change something and the velo has ticked up a little bit. It's not working for him. And then he has the audacity to go and try to body bag Cotillo. He tried to body bag Cotillo. In fairness, it's not that hard to do. But even I, I even I didn't care for this. Let's hear it. Well, because you know what he's doing, Tyler? What? He's pouting. Exactly. And you know what I we fucking hate? We have our hate? first powder. You know what I hate? What do you hate? When people pout and don't figure it out. And I don't think that Nick Pavetta has figured it out at all. On the mound or when he's talking to the media. With everybody you know, getting back to full strength and decisions are going to be made, do you feel like this is kind of the point where it's auditions to stay in the rotation or anything like that? I, I don't really understand what you're saying, but I'm just going to continue to go out and do my job. Um, I've started for this team for my whole entire career. I'm going to continue to do that. And by the end of the year, I'm going to continue to do that. My next year in the year on that. Uh, so I, I hate so many parts of this. I hate so many parts of this. What do you mean? You don't understand what he's asking you. Well, he answered the question. So clearly, clearly you fucking understand what the question was. Ask him. Heard hey, it for months. Hey, uh, we have nine pitchers for five spots. You've been really bad. Do you think that you're considering some of these recent starts as auditions to stay in the rotation? I don't know what you fucking mean by that. How? How do you not know what he means by that? It's pretty cut and dry. He's saying, hey, we've got Tanner Houck, who could be a reliever. He could start. We have Garrett Whitlock. Who's been better than you? Everyone's been better than him. You've got uh, Garrett Whitlock coming back pretty soon. You have James Paxton getting added to the rotation on Friday. We have a lot of moving parts here. Brian Bayo has options, but that's clearly a guy that you're not going to consider as, oh, yeah, I don't know how I feel about him. You know how you feel about Brian Bayo after that start against the Atlanta Braves, which we will get to. But Nick Pavetta did start the first game, if you even want to call it that. I hate, like, it. Johnny Gomes said this perfectly. To succeed in Boston, all you have to do is be accountable. That's it. That's it. And Tanner Houck, Maz brought this up on the baseball hour tonight because I didn't see this quote. And I'm paraphrasing because I don't have it in front of me. But back in spring training, Tanner Houck was asked, you know, we got a lot of guys for this rotation. You know, how do you see this playing out? And he said, more or less, I'd prefer to start, but I'll do whatever the team asks me. If they put me in the bullpen, I'll make the best of it. If I'm in the rotation, great, because that's where I want to be. But I ultimately understand that my performance dictates all of that. Like, it's not a matter of like, oh, like if he's dealing in the rotation, we're just going to throw him in the bullpen. He knows that uh, his performance dictates that. And there's other factors out of his control, like guys getting hurt, guys coming back from injury, guys getting called up, guys getting sent down. 
None of that is in his in his control. But what he can control is his performance. And he's performed well. Now, I'm not going to say he's been lights out. I'm not going to say that he's been an ace or a frontline guy. But given what we've seen from other guys in comparison to that, which hasn't been very good, he's stood out. And, and that's fine because I do think that he can be successful as a reliever. And I feel the same way about Nick Pavetta. I do. Like, I don't just want to sit here and shit on Nick Pavetta. I, I hated his response to Catillo because that was big time pouty vibes. And I hate that saying you don't understand the question when you fucking uh, you do understand the question because you were asked it in spring training and you kind of went on the same little pissy pants tirade about I'm a starter. I'm going to stay in the rotation and I'm going to start because that's what starters do. Starters just go out there and start games. We get it, dude. But you you're you have not been good at it. You've been very bad at it. Look at the numbers. The numbers don't lie. And the forecast for what we think that you're going to be are even worse than what you've been. And you've been pretty bad. So I, I hate this idea that, you know, even if a guy like Tanner Houck, right, feels he could internally feel like, dude, I want to fucking start. I've started my whole career and I feel like I've pitched well enough to be a starter. So I'm staying right the fuck here. No, that's not what he said. He said, I'll do what's best for the team. If they want me in the bullpen, that's where I'll go. No harm, no foul. No complaints, whatever. Like, he's he's telling you, like, I'll be upset about it because, you know, if you're a starter, you take pride in that. But Nick Pavetta is saying, I don't care how bad I suck. I'm a fucking starter for life, motherfucker. It's like, <laughs> no, dude, you're not. You're not. And the craziest part about this is that he's not he it's like it's not registering in his brain that he's been bad and it's not registering in his brain that he's had success in the bullpen for the Red Sox. Like I go back to 2021 for two, two different reasons. I go back to 2021 because Nick Pavetta was excellent out of the bullpen in the postseason. Those are big innings. Those are big spots. He brought a ton of value. I also go back to 2021 because a guy like Martin Perez was a starter. He pouted. He pouted. They put him in the bullpen and it was mop up. He did not make the most of that situation. And I had a conversation with Martin Perez about this. Like the day after he got sent to the bullpen, it was just me and him. We were down by the Red Sox dugout and I was in and I, he was pouting and I was like, bro, like this team's go, like we got a shot to go to the playoffs. There are going to be some big outs to get it in, in your role. Like make the best of it. Like I was giving him a pep talk. and He's like, you're right. You know, blah, blah, blah. And it, it ultimately ended up that he goes to back to Texas and he's an all-star starting pitcher. I'm not saying that that has the same path for Nick Pavetta, but if you're failing as a starter and I don't know how anyone could look at what Nick Pavetta has done as anything less than a failure at this point, this season, if you're looking at that, because I, I don't think it's fair to call his whole career or whatever, because up until this start against Atlanta, we talked about this the last time we had a conversation about Pavetta, uh, his numbers were very similar to his career numbers, right? Like, it's like, we know what Nick Pavetta is. He's a four and a half ERA guy, whatever. But if you're worse than that, then to your point, Tyler, yeah, you're giving us innings, but if they fucking suck inning, if they're suck innings, then what good is that to us? I could sign anyone who's going to go make starts and give me a five ERA over, you know, for 30 or whatever it is. Like, that's not asking much. It's just the lack of self-awareness. Like, realize where... This organization saved your career, buddy. Like when they traded Brandon Workman and Heath Embry, it wasn't the Nick Pavetta trade. It was the Connor Seabold trade. The Phillies were so done with your fucking temper tantrums at the time. His first major league save, by the way. Congratulations to uh, Connor Seabold, the Colorado Rockies. Um, 
but at that time, the Phillies were so fucking done with you. They just threw you in there. Like they were just like, we can't deal with the stubbornness because what had happened to him there, it's kind of similar to what's playing out in front of us. And this was from an at- or an article in The Athletic, but this was when they told him to go to the bullpen. There has been a disconnect all season, which began when the Phillies removed him from the rotation three weeks into the season. Sounds familiar. The blame can be shared. Pavetta at times is stubborn. He did not embrace the bullpen role, and he is not pitched with intensity in every relief assignment. So not only when he got the boot and they sent him to the bullpen, he continued to pout. Mm. And that's where I'd get a little nervous. Like, I think he I'm can not work nervous. in the bullpen. I'm not nervous. With the brazier role or whatever it is. But is he going to keep pouting when he goes out there? If he can does, I depend on him to fix his attitude? If he does, then you just trade him. Because, I mean, listen... You can look at that and say, hey, uh, it it would be nice if you accepted this role, went to the bullpen and dominated and got some big outs. Like when you have the the Ryan Brazier role, which is like low leverage, and we just need you to go out there and eat up innings that we're not using valuable guys in this eight to two ball game. Can you keep it within six? Like, can you handle that? Like, I'm not saying that Nick Pavetta is going to be a mop up guy either. Like he is talented enough. We've already seen it to go out there and get big outs and big spots out of the bullpen. Can you do that? I don't know the answer to that because if he doesn't want to do it, if your heart's not in it, I don't want him out there. I don't. So, and then if you if you start to say, okay, then he has no place on this team and you look for the trade route, there's got to be a team out there that's like that to our point or central point here about, well, he he gives you innings. Okay, then go fucking eat innings on the Nationals then. If you're if if you don't want to be a part of this team that has a winning record and is in a very competitive division and has a chance to make the postseason this year in the toughest division in baseball, if you really want to go out there and start, go do it for the Nationals. Go fucking start games for the the fucking I don't even who sucks right now. Like my brain. Yeah, go go, go pitch for the fucking A's, dude. Like, see how much fun that is. And I don't think ultimately he wants that. I think the competitive juices are there. Like, I don't think it's an ego thing as much, really. But even if you trade this guy for a bag of balls, right? No offense. This is going to be uh, it's going to be a stray bullet here. But the guy that you traded for Nick Pavetta is a fucking real estate agent. Now, Brandon Workman is flipping yeah. houses. OK, so even it's like, oh, man, we traded Brandon Workman for Pavetta and we got nothing back for him and blah, blah, blah. Doesn't the the time has passed, and if he doesn't want to accept the role, see you later. Like we're trying to win, and and we're in a position right now, and the guys in that clubhouse know it too. That if if the Red Sox are in contention by the trade deadline, I don't know that 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 they're getting big ass reinforcements. Like hey, we need we need a a a righty bat here. We need a righty outfielder. Like Duvall's taking a little bit more time, or Trevor Story's not ready yet. We need some help. I don't know if that help is coming. So the Red Sox are essentially looking around the clubhouse being like, hey, we are all we got. We're all we got right now. So if you're not one of us, like if you're not playing for this and and keep in mind, Heim Bloom in the the offseason, look at the guys that he brought in. Kenley Jansen, Adam Duvall, Justin Turner. Those are winning players that came from. Justin Turner's played second base tonight and playing a great third base as well. But at his age, that's what he's willing to go and do. Yes. Like this whole team has been about, I don't care if it's me who does it, as long as someone does what they need to do to win the game. It could be that guy tonight. It could be that guy 
Tonight, Tapia comes off the frigging bench and hits that RBI double. It's not about one guy. It's about just winning ball games. Right. That post-game speech was the opposite of that. I can't that was, imagine that many guys... I'm pissed guys, that I don't have my spot. Yeah, I can't imagine I could many guys it. in that clubhouse heard that and were like, fuck yeah, we got your back, bro. <laughs> like no. That was 2022 vibes right yeah. there. That's what that shit was. That was 2020 vibes. There you go. I would hate that if I were in that clubhouse. I would hate that if I were Alex Cora and it just does not it does not gel with the culture that it feels like is going on in there. It feels like it's outside of what they're trying to build this season. So again, like you've got Paxton coming back. Uh, uh, Tyler, you had the tweet um, last night about Alex Cora telling oh, the you, rotation, in- right? Including tonight gave you the next seven starters. So you have Bayo tonight, Paxton on Friday, Sale on Saturday, Kluber on Sunday, Hauk on Monday, Pavetta's getting another start on Tuesday, and then Bayo again on Wednesday in the series finale against Seattle. So, which that's like, a six Cor- man, by the way. Yeah, Cora doesn't even have to do that. They're giving him extra chances here. Like, Nick Pavetta's bro, like, look what happened tonight. Brian Bayo, a young pitcher still figuring it out, went out there and looked 10 times better than you. Looked more composed, looked more mature, handled it when things kind of got out of whack a little bit in the six and was able to get out of it. Worked out of jams earlier in the game. He showed you, he made the statement, I want to be in this rotation. You made the opposite statement. And I wouldn't have blamed them one bit if they said, hey, Pavetta to the bullpen. Like that was it. We gave you another shot. Instead, they're giving him another chance. And to, in my opinion, cutting the bullpen short, it's risky. I, I don't love that. But with the off days, you can probably make it work. But they're willing to give him chances here. It's just I don't see how it's going to improve. Like, even if Bayo is a four fifty-five year guy, which he's not, but if that's just what he's going to produce, I'll take that over Pavetta because it's a learning experience. Nick Pavetta is not reaching another level. He's just trending down at this point. It's great if he gets back to four fifty in twenty twenty one, twenty twenty two. It was a different pitching staff. You didn't have the depth you have now. You didn't have this number of arms that you could kind of go to. You were waiting for Chris Sale constantly year after year you didn't have brian bayo until the second half of last year it's a whole different picture now it's a whole different picture so sorry that your spot is not gifted to you and i think to tim wakefield like tim wakefield was the name kind of going through my head hey pavetta you get sent to the bullpen how many times did wakefield end up in the bullpen and then end up having to start for significant chunks of the season and move back into a role like that. Not only that tim wakefield got sent to the bullpen in 2004 i think he also made starts but uh, in 2007, removed himself from the roster for the betterment of the team. This guy the- is like the fucking he's tied for like the wins lead in franchise history. Still pitched for, I believe, another two years after that. And in 2007 was like, hey, listen, if it's going to help this team win a World Series, I'm cool with being removed from the fucking roster. And he is a legend. The dude, no one's worn his jersey. They haven't retired it yet. But no one has worn his jersey since. Like Tim Wakefield is the fucking man. You would never. I would would love to hear what Tim Wakefield has to say about this situation. But the two points that I made to Maz, first and foremost, you already know what Nick Pavetta is. So when you're going through all these spots in the rotation, we still don't know what Garrett Whitlock is as a starter. Like, yeah, we have a sample, but it's like, how much of it was he hurt? And like, you got to let him do a full season, whatever. And we're not even going to get a full season this year because he's been hurt twice. 
Um, you don't really know what Garrett Whitlock is. Brian Bayo, like he's fucking nasty. Like, what does it look like over a full season? James Paxton has not made us. He's been in the organization for two goddamn years. We haven't seen him make one start yet. So but there's a lot even of- in that. James Paxson's a better starter than you ever were, Nick Pavetta, than you ever were, even as he dealt with injuries. He was significantly better than you. So yes. sorry, your your resume doesn't match his. No. So you, you don't know what you got out of those guys at this point. And it's like, you know, being durable is great. You take the ball every fifth day. That's great. But because of that, we know what you are. Like, we, we get it. We know what the Nick Pavetta experience is. So that goes against him as well. And the other point when it comes to Pavetta is like if if you're looking at it from a selfish perspective, which I don't always think that being selfish is a bad thing, right? Like it's a business. This is his job. Uh, he has another year of control after this. He's got one more year of control. But the Red Sox... It's not like they signed him to a long-term contract and they can non-tender him. It's an arbitration year. So if if he's due for this payday, seven and a half million, 10 million, whatever it is, they can just non-tender him. And then he's out of a job. Like, wouldn't you rather be like, hey, uh, you know, I'm this rotation thing's not working out. It's probably better for the team if James Paxton has my spot or when Garrett Woodlock comes back and has my spot. Like, fine. Like these other guys have outpitched me. It is what it is. Uh, so I'm going to go to the bullpen because at least if I build up my value there, then that helps me in arbitration. But right now, like it, it ain't working out in your favor and you're not winning over many people in the clubhouse with this. And it's just, I don't know. I, 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 I question what the motive is, right? Like I question, like, what is the voice inside your head telling you? Because it can't be telling you that, that your numbers are good, that you've proven yourself. And with these, to, to Katillo's question, if these are auditions, uh, like in your mind, do you think that you're passing? Like, do you think that you deserve a spot in this rotation? No, you don't. So why are you dying on this hill and, and coming off like someone that just doesn't give a shit about the greater good of the team? Like, no one wants to hear that. And that's the problem there. It's when you start running into that situation where, you know, I think he just feels whether it's because he's been around for a few years or whatever it is, and he's eaten innings that he's entitled to one of these spots or that he's, you know, cemented himself. But dude, like you're a fist starter at best. And we sat here and we waited. We thought last year, remember the first half of 2022? It was like, whoa, is Nick Pavetta going to make the all-star game? Yeah. Like that was a conversation we had. You fell off the wagon and yeah. you never kind of went back to it. And he so, wasn't like, given some sort of raw deal here. Like when it got never. brought up in spring training, it's like you had a bad attitude about it in spring training, but the opportunity was in front of you, especially when, you know, the start that Sale got off to, Kluber, all these guys. No one got off to a great start. Like, it, like this wasn't musical chairs. It was an open field. You were given the opportunity to prove that you belong. And you were given the opportunity to make this a difficult decision for the Red Sox. What did you do with that opportunity? You made it the easiest decision for the Boston Red Sox. Of course, this guy is the odd man out. You have no one to blame but yourself for that. And that's when you start to look at it and say, like, what you did in spring training where you're going after a Sean McAdam. Like a, a guy who's known and respected as a journalist around here. And you can't even deal with people talking. 
saying, oh, maybe Nick Pavetta isn't in my rotation. Well, guess what? If everyone was healthy, we didn't have you in the rotation. Sorry. That, that's just what the truth was. So he can't handle that. I, I've never seen it. I don't know if it's a confidence or an identity thing he's clinging to. Like if I just if I say I'm the starter, like that is me. Like I won't accept anything else. It's just not going to work here. Like you said, Johnny Gomes said it all like if you're willing to put it on the line for the team it's always about the team first this city will love you even if you struggle just be accountable that's that's what gom said like he gave the <clears throat> that advice to guys that came here after him if you stand up there and you just tell it like it is like what are people gonna say like sale perfect example of that when sales bad he's like yeah i sucked that i mean how but like when david price was doing it right how many times can you say i sucked before you're like all right be better so there is there is like a leash to it because I remember like price at times was being accountable, but it was like start after start after start after start. He's like, yeah, I sucked. I was bad. Yeah, I sucked. I was bad. Um, but sale, he's the perfect example of that. He's like, yeah, I've been fucking awful. Like I'm not living up to my contract. Like He's saying all the things. He's taking away the ammo of media and fans. That'll be like, man, we gave you that huge fucking contract and you've been ass like and then. But what is what does Chris sale do in between starts? He's trying new things. He's tinkering with things. He's working on new things in between starts and on the mound during starts. And we were seeing positive results from that. So that's how you do it. And if Nick Pavetta's out there, just shit start after shit start. And instead of saying, yeah, I get it. Like I've been horrible. So like if they put me in the bullpen, like that's my own fault. He's saying, I'm a fucking starter, man. Then I belong in there. I'm going to start tomorrow. I'm going to start the next day. I'm going to start when I'm asleep. I'm going to start the all-star game. And then I'm starting game one of the world. Like, what are you talking about? I, I don't get it. But you brought up the, uh, the Sean McAdam thing. And uh, so I haven't heard this. This is Chris Cotillo's podcast with Sean McAdam. Yes. Sean McAdam was the guest. It was his introductory press conference or not press conference, but podcast since he joined Mass Live. Congratulations to him. But he told this story because it's relevant to the conversations right now. This is from the Mexican Times podcast that you can download. Uh, it's on SoundCloud. Yes, only SoundCloud. SoundCloud and MySpace.com. OK. But I would have a little concern about buy-in if he was sent to the bullpen. And I know that you have a personal story from spring training that, that kind of, you know, lends itself to that belief too. Yeah, we were in uh, spring training uh, and this was early, relatively early before games began. And that was in February. And um, I was a guest on, I don't know if it was high heat or MLB now uh, on the MLB network. And I was, you know, at the time there seemed to be that embarrassment of riches that we now see again, as they have to make some decisions. And I was asked, you know, who's the odd guy out here? You've got Paxton, you've got Whitlock, you've got Pax, uh, you've got Sale, you've got Kluber, you've got Hauk, you've got Pavetta. Uh, you know, they can't have all of them. You can't have a seven-man rotation, can't even have a six-man rotation for an extended period. And I said, you know, honestly, I think that Pavetta is a guy that ultimately is going to be the odd man out. He's going to have to contribute out of the bullpen until such time as injuries or performance opens up the spot. Wasn't a, wasn't uh, I didn't malign him. I, I didn't say this guy can't pitch in the big leagues. And the, later that day, uh, he apparently, the, the, whatever show it was, got repeated at noon and he was in the back or working out and saw it and came out and sought me out in the clubhouse, tapped me on the shoulder. I turned around and he said, 
you think I'm going to the bullpen, huh? And I said, well, yeah, I think that's a possibility once everyone's healthy and they have to make some choices. And he kind of stared at me and I said, look, I didn't say you weren't going to be part of the staff or you were getting optioned. I just said, I think there are other choices for the rotation and that, you, you know, they may use you in relief. He kind of nodded and kind of, it was sort of a like, okay, we'll see. And it was clear that even the suggestion that the Red Sox w- would one day uh, or, or would, would come to such a uh, decision uh, clearly got under his skin. And uh, look, I understand last year, the guy took the ball every five days. He made as many starts as anyone. I think he made 33 starts last year mm-hmm. that tied for the league lead. Uh, he's been remarkably durable, but he's also been very average. And frankly, that might be a bit of a stretch. He had a well, the ERA last, last year. No, the last and, 24 starts, a 609 ERA. Yeah. Uh, and there's also uh, the, the metric that really does not add to it you know, add to his case is his struggles against teams in the AL East. Now, maybe that's less of a concern with a more balanced schedule instead of playing the likes of the Yankees and Jays and Rays and Orioles 19 times, you're only seeing them 13 times. But to me, that says something about his stuff. We know that the American League East lineups with the, you know, on paper, you wouldn't put the Rays among the best, uh, the most talented lineups, but the numbers suggest that they are. Uh, the Orioles are getting better offensively. We don't need to talk That's about the Yankees. The end of the story. All, right. All right, we got to take a break and talk about Zinn Nicotine Pouches. We're always talking about what a team needs to get to number one, but Zinn Nicotine Pouches are already there. Zinn has helped millions of people achieve a lasting change, earning the title of America's number one nicotine pouch. If you're a smoker or you're a dipper looking to make a change, look no further than Zinn. Zinn is made with six simple ingredients and is available in a wide range of varieties, including spearmint, citrus, and even coffee. And it's available in two strengths so you can control your nicotine satisfaction. Because it's discreet, you can enjoy it anywhere, anytime, so you never have to miss a moment of the game. Plus, Every can of Zinn earns you points towards premium items like tailgating gear, top-of-the-line tech, Zinn swag, even gift cards. Find your Zinn at your local convenience store or online at Zinn.com. That's Zinn, Z-Y-N.com. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. I'm going to call Katillo. Um, I got to call him twice as, as everyone knows the drill. You've reached Chris. All right, so that's one and two. <laughs> Quick. Yeah. Good morning. Hey, I uh, I learned that you have to call twice to get through to the Katio hotline. That is true, yeah. Mm-hmm. See, uh, so we just played a cut from the Mexican Times podcast, which is available only exclusively on SoundCloud and MySpace.com with Sean McAdam who described the incident um, with Nick Pavetta in the clubhouse. So first of all, if you want to thank us for promoting your podcast, you can take this time to do that. Yep. Fenway rundown, uh, Dave and Jeannie Catillo. Thanks for listening. I appreciate it. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, so your, your thoughts on the Nick Pavetta situation 
Uh, the question that you, uh, hey, you know it's bad when I take your side on something. You asked a very <laughs> fair question after his start the other night, last night. Uh, and his initial reaction, I even texted it to you. I was like, did he just say he didn't understand your question? Uh, what, wh- where does he get off? Yeah, I mean, I actually, uh, to be serious on here for once, I like to have, I think, had a problem over my five years on the beat of just not really thinking of how to articulate questions and then just blurting them out and getting glares. So knowing that I wanted to ask that, I actually thought, like, be very careful with the wording, talk slow, like, not because he's, you know, not going to understand, but just, like, be really clear. Like, there's a competition right now. Guys are getting healthy. Obviously, there's going to be a roster crunch. We were talking about that all day because Paxton's being activated, yada, yada, yada. Does it feel like, you know, these are auditions for the rotation spots? I think Hauk, I wasn't in Philly. I think Hauk was, was asked the exact same question. Um, did I have a feeling that he would react poorly to it? I mean, knowing how he has acted when people have brought up the bullpen, uh, the Sean thing that you, you know, just mentioned, uh, you know, I was not surprised by the reaction, but look, you know, from a reporter's perspective, this is something they're considering, if not like borderline certain to do in the next couple of weeks. Um, so it's not coming out of nowhere to ask something like that. So like right now, uh, we just, we just went over the rotation for, it was the next seven days, but Bayo is tonight. Paxton sale, Kluber, Hauk, Pavetta is, is promised, not promised, but, is slated to start in the 16th, then Bayo again on the 17th. That would take us through the Seattle series through Wednesday of next week. How do you envision seeing, uh, barring any injuries or anyone uh, having to miss time for any outside factors, how do you see the rotation playing out from that point where Cora gave us the rotation through the 17th being Bayo? Yeah, he said today it's, uh, Paxton, Sale, and Kluber in San Diego. So we have it through them. Yeah, um, no, no, no. no. And after- yeah, that's what I said. Bayo, Paxton, Sale, Kluber. Oh, you're saying for the weekend after? Yeah, next weekend. Yeah. Oh, so he gave us fucking 10, yeah. 10 days. Yeah. So he, so after that's when the decision comes. I think that's probably when they're looking at Whitlock being back and when it's going to be, you know, you get to cut seven to five, basically. Um, so that would be at that point. Turn. Yeah. I mean, but. You're going to keep Bayo. I think how can Pavetta go to the bullpen? So, um, you know, I, I they they could also do option. I know now is not the time to talk about this because he just dealt, but they could option Bayo to Triple A and keep him so they keep him stretched out there. But I mean, I think he just pitched too well. It makes it makes more sense to just option or uh, put how can Pavetta in the bullpen. I think that's what they'll do. I mean, you know, someone said point blank last night we're going to have seven guys for five spots. Like do the math, um, and it, it becomes pretty obvious once you start looking at it. So then if those two guys are going to the bullpen, who are the odd man out? Because it's we keep talking about Brazier. Like that's been like the running meme with like Red Sox Twitter is like, how does Brazier keep his job? And it's because he doesn't have options. It's like, you know, are you going to designate a guy for assignment and hope for the best? Or like, do you just part ways? Like, who are the guys that you would see losing their roster spots because you've now got to put Pavetta and Hauk in the bullpen? Joe is coming too. Yeah, and Joelly will be here. What Friday? Yeah. So that's three roster spots and three bullpen arms. Yeah, Bernardino has options. I mean, he fits well, but maybe he goes down. I mean, there's a world in which they could keep him over Blyer. I guess. I don't. Yeah. Pretty good career. So I think it's too early for that. Um, On the career, but he sucks. 
yeah, he's, I mean, they'll probably keep him over Bernardino, at least if he has options. I mean, there's also going to be, you know, Crawford's going to be coming back at, yeah. for the San Diego series. So there's a lot of decisions to be made. You know, we always talk about these things two, week in, two weeks in advance and then like three guys get hurt. So it always ends up, you know, figuring itself out. But um, that's, uh, I think it's a good problem to have, right? Better than the problem last year, three years ago, we were talking about, you know, when they, when they said Matt Hall was starting and then, uh, Robinson Lair took the mound in the first inning because they were that confused. So this is a, this is a step in the right direction. Oh man, I don't miss the Hall Pass days. Oh my God, that the 2020 uh, rotation was something. Who was the other fucking asshole that we had on that team? There was like some guy Jeffrey that was Springs. Want to heard of him? Well, not like uh, there was another guy that Brad Peacock Mike, for a Mike day. Kickham? Mike Kickham. Kickham. There was there was Kickham the dude that literally no, had, Zach Zach Godley. And Andrew oh. Triggs, Andrew <laughs> Triggs is an all-time Kyle Hart, great guy, actually. Zach Godley had an ERA of eight for the Red Sox <laughs> in 2020. Mike Robert Stock, great Twitter account, but it just it didn't work out for him. Uh, well, Zach Zach Godley is the loudest grunter in the league. He screams like louder than you know Robbie Ray or Rich Hill or whatever. Yeah. And in the empty stadium, it was just electric. Yeah, who the fuck is Andrew Triggs? Andrew Triggs, how dare he, you? He, he, he's like a real. I've never, I've never heard of that person in my life, and he made two starts for the 2020 Boston Red Sox. Oh, fucking Austin Bryce. Yep. Uh, Josh yeah. Ostrich. Do you remember? <laughs> remember Ostrich? He, he wasn't as bad as the rest, but yeah, Ostrich. Yeah, he was he was all right for like a week. He had a five seventy four. Okay, again that that puts you at the top of the put you at the top of the list, honestly. Yeah. Uh, who the fuck is Robinson Lair? Like these are made up people. I this this story is actually true. Uh, They didn't have a starter. Renicky comes on Zoom one day (laughs) and goes, um, he goes, yeah. So we decided Mike. I think it was Mike Kickham was going to start for us tonight. And like five minutes before first pitch, their Boston Red Sox PR account <laughs> tweets out, update, tonight's starter is Robinson Lair. It was like they figured it, they figured it out at 7.05 that day. I mean, so this is fascinating. This guy made one start, four and two-thirds, nine strikeouts. But gave up eleven earned runs. <laughs> oh my god! Four and two thirds, nine strikeouts. That's great. But he walked eight, gave up three bombs. <laughs> my my book on the twenty twenty Red Sox season will be electric. The, the zooms with Renicky. There was one point where just I thought I was mishearing it, but he just kept referring to Devers as Ralphie, Ralphie. the whole year. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Ralphie. Unbelievable. Ryan uh, Weber. Jared, I'll ask you a, let me ask you a question. Yeah. All right. Okay. Cause I heard you talking on with Tony Maz today about it. Yep. How concerned are you about buy-in if Pavetta goes to the bullpen? About what? Pavetta buying in as a member of the bullpen. Oh, uh, very concerned. I don't think that, I think I said with Maz, I don't think his heart would be in it at all. I don't like we we like Tyler had the article from uh, when he was with Philly and how he half asked it when they demoted him to the like bullpen there. And it just kind of feels like this is the same situation playing out all over again. Like with 
with like a playoff rotation, you get it. It's like, all right, yeah. Like if you're not one of the top three starters, like he, he, I think he could at least accept that. And he went to the bullpen and I think he pitched pretty well. But in this situation, if in, in his mind, for whatever reason, he thinks that he belongs in this rotation when if you have nine starters, he's the ninth. Yeah. <laughs> even put, I mean, put him behind Winkowski and Crawford, even, right? I mean, yeah, uh, I mean those Wink- guys back out. Winkowski was a pretty bad starter, for being honest, but we, we're mending yeah, fences. True. We're mending fences with Winkowski. We're, we're, a, we're a Winkowski positive pod- podcast, as, as every podcast should be. He's been outstanding this year. Um, and he's a great quote, more importantly. Oh, the best. The best. I think the best part of this podcast is going to be reliving the 2020 season because so many of us either didn't watch it or like me, I watched every game and I don't even remember these people. Like, I don't remember their name. Like, Andrew Triggs is not a real person. I remember Josh Ostridge and Austin Bryce and Matt Hall. Robinson Lair, never heard of him. Uh, Ryan Weber, I fucking couldn't stand him. Uh, Chris Mazza made starts. I just saw him at Red Sox spring training camp. Mike Kickham. Like these are all fit. Like th- these are names that like celebrities would use at a hotel when they don't want to be detected. Like, like, oh, hey, hey, Nicholas Cage, uh, what's your name? What are you signing in under? Oh, Mike Kickham. Like that's that's like Jason Statham would use Mike Kickham as a hotel fake name. I'm trying to. I saw Andrew Craig posted that he got his MBA or something on some social media recently. I gotta find this. Well, that was what we were just talking about before. We were talking about how. Uh, oh, like, here it is. Here it is. Meet, meet the MBA class of 2023. He went to the University of Chicago and he got his MBA. Uh, <laughs> listen to this. It's a, <laughs> it's the University of Chicago Booth School of Business. <laughs> The University of Chicago Booth School of Business. Yeah. His fun his fun fact is he's visited all fifty states. Okay. Yada yada yada. Yeah. Undergraduate school, Southern California. Most recent employer and job title, Boston Red Sox pitcher. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, this is this is who? This is Kickham? No. Andrew Triggs. Andrew Triggs. Andrew yeah. Triggs. Eight innings, eight hits, four earned runs, gave up three bombs. <laughs> What word best describes the Chicago Booth MBA students and alumni that <laughs> intellectually curious, said Andrew Craig. <laughs> oh, my God. I, I've never seen this person before in my life. I'm looking at his picture right now. Nope. Nope. We're on poetsandquants.com for the record, whatever the fuck that is. Yep. Kyle Hart. Kyle Hart and his 1555 ERA. 11 innings, four bombs. Like, what was going on that year? Yeah, I, I, all right, I have, a, I, have a, I have a legendary Kyle Hart story. If I give you two seconds here. All right, please. Nice, nicest guy in the world. Awesome quote, future pitching coach, whatever. Uh, I get DMing with his brother on Twitter, and his brother hatches this plan where they obviously can't get in the ballpark. So his brother, the brother's wife, maybe a cousin, and Hart's agent are going to watch the game through the fence at Bleacher Bar, which is genius. So they call Bleacher Bar and they say, like, all right, this kid, my brother's making his major league debut, yada, yada, yada. So I'm like, this is a good story. There's no good stories on this team. Let's go find one. Middle of the game, I go out to Bleacher Bar, interview the guy about how excited he is to be watching from, you know, 290 feet away as his brother's making his debut and getting shelled. 
and take a picture of him in there, walk back to the press box where I'm sitting in there. And it's like, you know that scene in Monsters, Inc. where there's the rogue sock that gets detected? Mm-hmm. So the Red Sox put together that I had gone into a bar in the summer of 2020 and decided I was so contaminated because of the COVID scare, they made me sit outside for the rest of the game. What? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I'm getting called. I, I, you know where I thought that story was going is that... Uh, the bar was closed and that you got like the bleacher bar, like a $250,000 fine for like letting people in. No, no, it was worse. It was the guy went and I got this great story. I'm sitting down to write it, start getting called. Hey, did you just tweet a picture from a bar? So you just went into a bar where people were unmasked and now you're back in the press box. And I was like, yeah, I don't think COVID fucking breeds in 10 seconds. <laughs> no. Uh, so I, that's not how that worked at all. No. I was like Googling Southeast beaches and they're like, no, you got to go sit outside. So I went and sat by myself in the stands for the rest of the game. I didn't even know that they were letting media members in. I, I thought that like the press box was closed. No, it was one per outlet. And the, that game, I think I'm pretty sure was the game where the Red Sox hit their ultimate rock bottom, which was um, ninth inning there. I think Hunter Renfro with the Rays, uh, hit like three bombs that day they're down like you know 18 to 2 or something <laughs> jose peraza comes in to pitch mm-hmm. with ploecki behind the plate and some guy hits a fucking rocket up the middle kneecaps peraza with it so peraza who's you know was the starting second baseman is now lying on the ground screaming in pain because he just got a comebacker they carry him off the field it's like four and a half hours into this game. <laughs> Ploiecki, they, they, they call upon friend of the podcast, Kevin Ploiecki, to pitch. He takes all of his gear off at home plate and just leaves it at home plate. <laughs> and and in walks Zhu Wei Lin to catch the only inning of his major league career. Oh my God. And so the, 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 <laughs> the battery for the last inning after that they dragged Jose Parasa and his swollen <laughs> knee off the field was Ploiecki, who was throwing, this is pre-pitch clock, but he was delivering every four seconds. Yeah. The ball was not even back. He was like playing like, uh, like a quick hand drill yeah. with uh, Zue Len behind the plate. And there and somehow gets out of the inning. Yeah, two-thirds of an inning. Renicky, yeah, that, that game, the Kyle Hart game, I think. I'm, I was sitting outside for fucking five hours watching this because I was contaminated, <laughs> which I wasn't. And... Um, so we get through like we get to Ron's post game, like, trying to get like Wi Fi in the stands, which doesn't was, was like the, from the press box not working. You think you'd be able to get it? Clearly, there was no one there. And I remember Renicky saying, "Wow, if that's not rock bottom, I don't know what it is." <laughs> like the scene of them carrying Peraza off. I mean, I mean, Pat White. Pat White would have been like one of the better players on that team. Oh, I we I think we were having segments about that, like being like, hey, like if you're going to get back into the big leagues, now's the time Like you can go back and pitch for that Boston Red Sox team, because I can't remember. I can't remember if it was. I think it might have been Mike Kickham. It was one of these random ass dudes that they were like, hey, like you haven't pitched in the big leagues. I know. And yes. OK, it was Mike Kickham. So Mike Kickham at the top, right? It, well, Kick him. He shoved at the prop. And by shoved, he went like 
two and a third scoreless, and it was like the best pitching performance of the year. But listen to this. Mike Kickham appeared in six games for the Boston Red Sox in 2020. Two of them were starts. He had not pitched in the big leagues since 2014. Yeah, I remember that. And in in his two big league seasons, he pitched in 2013 and 2014 for the San Francisco Giants. He pitched 30 and a third big league innings, 54 hits, 39 runs, 37 of them earned, nine homers, 11 walks. Like this dude sucked in 2014. And the 2020 Boston Red Sox were like, hey, do you want to come make big league starts? I was like, Pat Light can do this. Like they are literally just calling anyone who used to play baseball. You don't even have to be good. You just have to have a pulse and you can play for the Boston Red Sox. That was insane what happened that year. Like the fact that we were never investigated for like that was the most obvious punt of a season in the history of baseball. Like the Black Sox, like they actually had dudes get uh uh, kicked out of the Hall of Fame, kicked out of baseball that hit 400 in the World Series. They're like, ah, no, you were throwing these games. The Red Sox brought back Mike Kickham, who hasn't pitched since 2014, and he yeah, he won a, he, he won a he won a raffle to pitch. Literally, they just called up a dude sitting on his couch, being like, hey, I know you haven't played big league baseball in six goddamn years, but how would you like to pitch for the Boston Red Sox? And he said, I would love to, and he did. There are there are two two more Renicky moments that stand out because it was like it was like we we barely met him in spring training because he was manager for like a week before you know it was not like we talked to him much when he was bench coach and so we communicated with him over Zoom you know the entire year and very weird and I remember two statements that kind of summed up the whole thing before opening day Erod goes down with a heart thing it's like Ovaldi and Martin Perez were their only heart, healthy starters. And uh, so someone goes like, you know, Ron, it looks like you guys only have, you know, two healthy starters. And that, that can you, how are you going to piece this together with just, you know, a one and a two? And he goes, oh, wow. I mean, we're, we're pretty comfortable with our number three for the year. I mean, Ryan Weber, you know, what? Like, oh, oh, you're serious. And then we get to the end of the year and someone said, how do you see the composition of the bullpen next year? And he goes, well, obviously, you know, it starts and ends with Barnes, and we expect Brazier to be a big piece of that. And he goes, and of course, you know, don't you be forgetting about Austin Bryce. Austin Bryce. <laughs> so if Austin Bryce walked by me right now, I have no idea who he was. No, I wouldn't know who anyone on that team was. But one thing I do know, Chris Cotillo, is that it is... Tyler Milliken's 40th birthday. It's after midnight on the East Coast. Happy birthday, Tyler Milliken, the big 4-0. Kenley Jansen throwing up the big 4-0-0 on the 20 minutes before I hate Tyler you. Milliken's 40th birthday. Wow. Unbelievable. We had Chris Cotillo on the line personally to sing you happy birthday. Take it away, Chris. Feliz cumpleaños, Tachi. <laughs> Feliz cumpleaños, Tachi. 
Feliz cumpleaños de Tyler Millican. Feliz cumpleaños a ti. Uh, that was today, the best thing I've ever had. Ever. Someone thank you. Today, <laughs> thank you. Thank you. I'm 25. I'm not 40. 40. I don't want that becoming a thing. It's I don't want 40. people tweeting at me like, happy 40th happy birthday 40th tomorrow. Birthday. It's 25th. Hashtag 25th Tyler birthday. 40. Tyler 40. Fuck you. Uh, no, we can, we're, we're proud members of the mid-20s who look like we're 40 plus. So <laughs> yeah. It's a rough daughter. life. Yeah. It's hard, but <laughs> I want to hold on to it while I can. At least I'm not 34. Yeah. Oh, I, had a, I, had an, I had an Uber driver like three weeks ago. And he, his thing was to ask all these life questions about religion and politics and all this shit that I just didn't. I, apparently the AirPods were not a tell. <laughs> and uh, he goes, uh, he goes, all right, Chris, where are you from? Boston. It was here in Atlanta, actually. Where are you from? Boston. Goes, all right. How old are you, my man? He goes, 26. He slammed on the brake, <laughs> turns around and goes, fuck, you look old as shit. Oh, my uh... God. Chris, I worry about your mental health. I'm going to be honest with you. Like, I I feel like you get a lot of not fair and very mean remarks sent your way. No, it's fair. Yeah, but that's that's from my parents, though. I'm used to it. Yeah, Yeah, your dad does dunk on you. Objectively, he looks older than 26. Do I look younger than Katillo? No. Fuck. No. No. I'm worse. Uh, this, is the, this is the summer of Katillo, so just do wait. What are you doing uh, as part of the summer of Katillo? What am I not doing? Is a better question. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. Um, so stay, stay tuned. You know what we really should have done? We dropped the ball here. Uh, we should have done a Cinco de Mayo uh, name redacted party hosted by Chris Catillo. Yamo redacted. Yeah. That that's what yeah. we should have done. You know what? Let's do a let's do a Cinco de Mayo themed party in July at a bar. Jake, let's book that. Let's do it Friday. This week, this week he's just looking for a reason <laughs> to get after it. Um, I know I'm all in. I'm off. All right. Well, we're gonna. What bar do you prefer? Um. Oh, I mean, Brown Fenway. They're all by uh, Yard House. Is is that's is, not as a, I get older. That's, that's sneaking, not a, sneaking into the top of it. I mean, great they're all, they're all tenders. It's a it's a great it's a great bar, but it's not like a Cinco de Mayo get after it bar. There's well, Loco's right there, right? Isn't that a thing? Yeah, they make us open that. Yeah, that is. I mean, that seems that, that seems like a time, and it's Mexican already. They, well, I need to try out the margaritas there. Yeah, or or one, or what? One margarita. Right. Well, that'll we'll, do, that'll do it. Well, we'll we'll get on that, and if you're listening, stay tuned. For the name redacted Cinco de Mayo extravaganza featuring Chris Catillo uh, and the Mexican Times coming to you sometime in July. Friday night, loco. This all right, I got to write. I got to write. All right, go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. All right. All right. All right. All right. See you later. Um, yeah, we're doing that, by the way. Please. Yeah. Like, I want to I- do live shows. I want to do, I definitely want to do a live show at Kowloon this summer again. Um, but the watch parties are just as fun. I mean, well, the live shows are fucking awesome. Like it's a rush unlike any other. But to do the watch party, the Cinco de Mayo in July featuring Chris Catillo, the Mexican Times at 
like an American restaurant would be very funny. <laughs> I think the energy as great as it was for the last one we did yeah. in a season like this, like we did oh. it and it was the vibes for the Red Sox were in yeah. the fucking gutter and people came out and went crazy yeah. for a team that people actually enjoy and like. Yeah. Oh, different level. Oh, the fact that like, like most of the stuff that we've done have been at bars around Fenway to ask people to come all the way to Saugus for a live show. And we banged, they had to add extra seating for that show. So I want to do that again. I, I miss the rush of live shows. Um, it'll be fun. So we're going to do that. But I definitely want to do the Cinco de Mayo in July featuring Chris Cotillo, the Mexican family. I almost went to Catalun tomorrow for my birthday or today, I guess now. Why? I thought I was going to be in the area. And okay, I was but trying to, why would you not tell me about that? I didn't, see, whoa, see, I, whoa. Didn't, I, I just, I didn't even hit that. I just, Jesus hit, Christ. I just, I, I hit. On my birthday? You're going to do me like that on my listen, fucking birthday? I hit the table and it, they went off. I mean, that's, they're very sensitive. It sounds like. I, I just, I didn't know. I didn't get further enough in the planning. Would you have liked to meet the family, Jared? Yes. Would you like to meet my sister? I didn't know that you had a sister, but yeah, I'd love to meet your entire family. I, I wonder how you'd react. I think it'd be a good thing. What, what do you mean you don't know how to react? I'm a great uh, family I, guy. I'm like the biggest you can like, be dangerous. Take, take home to mom guy. Are you? Mm-hmm. Like, you're just, I don't know. I feel like if I, if I brought you into the family, not that it would go poorly, but I, I don't know if you'd be welcomed. Why wouldn't I be welcomed? It's a different vibe. What it's do you like, mean it's, it's a very like Lebanese about? old school vibe. Dude, you're white as fuck. What are you talking Whoa. about? Well, I, I am quite cultured, actually. Oh. I am quite cultured. I, I'm like borderline offended that you think that I wouldn't be welcomed by your family. My mom loves everybody. So you, you'd have an easy in with her. My sister, my sister's a hard one. I'll tell you right now. I am great with moms. My sister's judged you very hardly on Instagram. Has she? Yes. What did she say? She, she just, my sister's very like, how would I, uh, alternative. Like she's not sports. She's like the opposite of all that kind of uh -huh. stuff. Yeah. But she, you know, she wonders like, oh, these are the people you like do stuff with. And she, she thinks we're lame. She thinks we're not cool. We're not the, the type of people. Uh, 22. What did she say? We're not her me? vibe. What she said, she said that I'm corny. No, not corny, but she's she just like this. These are like, this is who you are. Like, <laughs> this is what you want to be. And I'm like, yeah, yeah. Oh, wow. I, I want to stand next to the rocket. Wow. She she thinks that you're making a poor life choice by being on this show. I, I think she just thinks that what I'm choosing to dedicate my life to isn't isn't satisfactory to her levels. Oh, she's she is smart. I'll give her. She's like going to be a doctor. So okay. she thinks she's, you know, a tier above. Well, I mean, people said the same thing about me when I was. 22 and uh i feel like i've made some pretty good choices i would choose i think you would be welcomed not by her but by, not by her it sounds like my mom would love you i'm i'm now it's now i'm determined to win over the the millicans i want i want you to meet my mom okay i want to meet your whole family i want to meet your cousins i want to meet no. your, your grandparents they're dead i want to go to their grave and be like, hey, <laughs> you, your grandson was a is a hell of a guy. <laughs> is that what you'd say? Yep. Yep. I don't trust you. 
You don't trust me to go to your grandparents' gravesite? No, I'll I'll drop the pin. All right. You, you want to take a trip? Yeah, I'll go. Cool. All right. You hear that pop pop? <laughs> All four Dickhead. of them? All of them. Dead as fuck. Jesus. Like we're talking, you know, 16 or last one was about 16 years ago. Jeez. RIP yeah. then, but I'll I'll still go to the gravesite. I swear to God. It's <laughs> <laughs> not gonna make any sense over the podcast. I just gave him the David Ortiz, yeah. you know. Look above. Yeah. What did you think? What do you think your grandparents would think of you today? I don't know. Uh, uh, concerned. Are they sports Worried. fans? Uh, no, they like. I don't. They're like oh, so. They'd hate this. They would hate. This. Well, my my dad's parents died. Like, dude. Like in the 1900s, well, type they would shit. they would be like, your they don't even know a, what the internet your, is. Your sister's a doctor, and this is what you're doing. I'm on a pod with Jerry Caravis. Yeah, I mean that's cool and all, but like, all right, now you're sounding no, no, like no, my sister. No, no, fuck no, off. No, what is no, wrong no, with you? Why, you're already trying to win her over. You're already trying to. I am. Why are you trying to fuck my sister? What? That's what. what that's how this. What the fuck is. are you <laughs> talking about, Tyler? Jake, Jake, is he trying to fuck my sister I, right now? I didn't say anything about that. That's crazy. You're basically begging to have intercourse with That's my little sister. That's not what I right said. Now. I just said, Jake. Like I, I want. I, I've only cited your family. I said I want your family to accept me. I was mostly talking about your grandparents, Jake. J- Jake. Jake. No, I didn't get that vibe at all. Not at all. You're a pervert. Maybe I misread the situation. Yeah, you did. You did. You're not welcomed. <laughs> Listen, if you guys go to Kowloon and I'm not invited, I'll have you removed. When we go for the first time, Jerry Caravis will be there. Okay. That's all I'm You got to tell us what to order. You got to put us on. I, I would be happy to host the Millikens at Kowloon. We're a cute family. Okay. All right. I, I'm just, all I want is acceptance. That's all. We're a family, Jared. Okay. We'll see. We'll see. Yeah. I mean, if, if I'm not accepted, then how can we be family? Say by my sister, not by everyone else. I, you know what? I'm not even looking for her approval. It's mostly good. It's mostly your mom. Why did you just react like that? You, you just, I don't know. It just came off wrong. You think everything's coming off wrong right now? I'm, I'm I, just, you know what? Jake, can you please, can you please read the Blue Moon ad? Thank you. No, <laughs> not right now. Some beers can say they're brewed for baseball, but only Blue Moon is brewed by baseball. Beer and baseball just go together, and no beer goes better than the one that was literally born in a ballpark. Blue Moon was created at Coors Field in Denver, Colorado. It's the natural choice for opening day and all season long. It's the big 4-0 for Tyler, and man, I can't believe it's been 40 years. I'm sure he's going to jump off this podcast tonight and go straight to the fridge and crack open a Blue Moon to celebrate his 40th, because I know that's what I would do if it was my 40th birthday. I think to celebrate his birthday, the next time he actually comes to a game with us, we should buy him 40 Blue Moons. One blue moon for each year he's been alive. Blue moon goes perfect with baseball. It goes perfect with Fenway Park. And it goes perfect with your 40th birthday. So once again, Tyler, happy 40th. Love you, man. With its refreshing flavor with Valencia orange peel for a subtle sweetness and hints of coriander, Blue Moon Belgian Style Wee Ale is a one-of-a-kind beer that's made brighter. It's carefully crafted and full-flavored with refreshing notes and a smooth, creamy finish. Blue Moon was brewed by baseball to give you a dose of nostalgia and get you excited for the new season. Why strike out with the same old beer when you can get something one of a kind? Its bold flavor, bright explosion of color, and iconic orange slice ritual guarantee a one of a kind beer experience perfect for spring weather. Best served with its signature orange garnish to showcase its beautiful bright color, a beer this good only comes around once in a blue moon, but you can enjoy it all season long. 
Bring the ballpark to you with Blue Moon Belgian style wheat ale. It's one of a kind every time. Check out shop.bluemoonbrewingcompany.com for beer and baseball merch. Or visit get.bluemoonbeer.com slash Jared to find Blue Moon delivery options. That's get.bluemoonbeer.com slash Jared. Blue Moon, made brighter. Celebrate responsibly. Blue Moon Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado Ale. Thank you, Jake. Thank you, Jake. Um, I'm going to be celebrating Tyler's birthday with some Blue Moons this weekend, with or without you, dude. With or without you. Because I, I understand you don't, you don't want me around your family. And I want you are my family. Okay, then then I'll see you on Saturday. On Saturday. On Saturday. This week. This week. What's Saturday? I don't know. What's on Saturday? Sox cards. You want me at the game? Well, I'm. Do I want to go every day? I don't. I can't. I got. I got workers. Wow. I can't. I can't go Saturday. Wow. I can't go Jake, Saturday. Note this. Add this to the list, Jake. Nope. I need you to write this one no, down. No. 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 Yep. I'll, I'll Play the shots. Play the want, shots, Jerry. Do you want to come Friday? I have baseball hour. I have baseball hour. Oh, oh so what, what were you doing this afternoon? Baseball hour. Yeah, go fuck yourself, <laughs> dickhead. I mean, listen, I invited you on Friday. You said no. You invited me on Saturday. You don't even have tickets, so it doesn't really count, but I'll give I it have, to you. I have multiple tickets. You have multiple I have a lot tickets of tickets to the game on Saturday? Cora texted me oh, and said, okay. hey. Mm-hmm. He said, hey, listen, I have all these tickets and... <laughs> you know, I, I'd call Jared, but like, you know, Jared never texts me back. That's not true. You know how we are. I follow we follow each other on Twitter. Okay. DM me. I'll be honest. Yeah. Uh, and I, yeah, I have I have a lot of tickets. Okay. So you many have a tickets. lot of tickets. How many tickets? If you, you want to go to, I, I don't even know. Okay. Uh, sections. You have um, whole sections. So it, multiple. Yes. The the Milliken Militia has a section at Fenway now. Yeah, well, I've already handed it out to all the the militia members, and okay. I do have a few left over. So if you're looking to go to the Red Sox game, reach out. Well, I I uh, I'm going on Sunday. I, my mom invited herself on Sunday. She she was like, "What? She's like, what are we doing for Mother's Day? We want to go to Fenway." And I was like, "Okay, I'll, I'm not going to plan on going to Fenway on Sunday, so I'm going to take my mom if she wants to go. If she wants to go, because I, you know, she changes her mind. And I even said, I was like, you know, Mother's Day, you know, you, you might want to spend with your mom." You know, like, I'm not going to be selfish here. I'm a team player. If you want to spend Mother's Day with your mom, then by all means. But if you want to spend it with me, your son, your favorite son, then I'd be more than happy to take you to Fenway. But I'll be there on Friday, as I always am. Uh, Saturday, I'm going to have workers at my house because, listen, I want Tyler to be featured in this beautiful studio. I'm trying to get it done so so that we can so I can see you in person and Jake can be here. and We can start doing shows in this studio. This I'm doing this for you. The reason why I can't be at Fenway is for you. You bought that house for me so for that we'd have somewhere to record and do 100%. these things. I did this all for you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Jake. <laughs> Jake, don't give a fuck, dude. Jake hates me. I mean, Jake despises me. Listen, Jake doesn't hate anybody. At the end of the day, Jake don't hate nobody. Um, But he he was he's he's busy working on booking the Cinco de Mayo in July party. That's what he's he's working the phones right now. So very busy if you're watching the YouTube. Mm-hmm. Since you guys were talking 2020, yeah. I thought we would uh, give a shout out to Marcel Meyer, who uh, won South Atlantic League Player of the Week, dominating High A right now. So anytime you do think about the trauma that 2020 brought you, this is the gift we received in return. Uh. What's he hitting? 337 with like a 990 OPS, something like that? 
Yeah, it's, it's absolutely absurd. He he's dominating down there, and hopefully, you know, it won't be a promotion this month, but June we will That's probably what I said. a good chunk of him in Double A. Yeah, Maz said two more months, and I was like, two months. Maybe July if they're being real patient. No way. It, I'd say no like way. towards the end of June. Yeah. Mid June towards I'm the end. I'm taking the under on two months on a promotion for Marcelo Meyer. It, I think people don't realize that Heim Bloom takes it a lot slower than other guys, especially Dave Dombrowski, who was here last. But we're going to get the Marcelo Meyer Nick York double play combo. Yeah. For Portland, at least for a short period. That'll be sexy. And by the way, I thank you, Maz. I don't know who he thought he was talking to. I, I kicked it to you. I was like, You're, this question is for Tyler Milliken on Friday. He was asking me about like the number like 19 prospect in the system. Like he said a name that I've never even heard before. And I was like, who the fuck do you think I am? Like, I know like the top 10, no doubt. Like, let me let me go look at Sox prospects right now. The most trusted website for Red Sox prospects. What name did he throw at me? Uh, who is it? Uh, Roman Anthony? No, I know him. He's we follow each other hype. on Instagram. Okay. okay. Honestly, like We're I talk- know some of these top 20 guys. Like I know most of these guys. Yeah. Like, I follow like some of these you guys fucking follow me. Nathan Hickey, like Marvin Alcantara, <laughs> the there number twenty-four go. prospect of the Red Sox system. I mean, like even though like Nico Cavadas, he's fucking he's he's down low. Yeah, he's kind of have that issue where a lot of those college bats. It's nice that they tear up the minors, but once you get to Double A, you get challenged by velocity. Can you actually catch up to it? And you know he can barely play first base. He's really a DH profile, if anything. Mm. Who is uh, Shane Drohan? Oh, the best. He's the number one pitching prospect in the Red Sox system. At he's, this point. he's the guy that uh, everyone's been tweeting highlights is like taking the biggest leap. Like he might be a stud. Yeah, he so he got actually touched up a little bit tonight for the first time this season. Still yeah. super big, you know, a so lot I know of love. Who he is. Yeah, he was the fifth rounder in 2020, which. I wanted to actually talk about this. This is my closing note. Okay. Heimbloom's 2020 draft where he had four picks that year. Uh, you know, because of the cheating allegations or punishment at that point. But just allegations. You hit you hit Nick York, who's killing double A at age 21. Blaze Jordan's tearing up high A at age 20. And then Shane Drohan, it, at this point, what he's doing at double A, it, it's absolutely absurd. He's become the number one pitching prospect in the system simply because he has true starter pedigree. Uh, now the velocity, his fastball last year was low 90s. Now it's more 92, 94, 93, 95 in the first inning. And he had a nice breaking ball when he entered the system. The biggest thing, he added a change up last year. It became his best pitch. Mm. So we're talking lefty, mid 90s with 6'3. You know, big, like former high school quarterback. Like he has all the things you're looking for. He's got a fat ass. That's what you got to look for with these guys. If they got he fat is, asses, <laughs> then they can throw, they can throw ched. He's the guy you can kind of look at and say right now, like, oh, crap. The Red Sox have another real starting pitching prospect mm-hmm. in the pipeline. He'll be a fringy top 100 guy. This if any year. of the Sox prospect guys are listening right now, and I know sometimes they do, uh, I would love for you guys to add fat ass yes or no on their player profiles. Because I like to you? know that if he's got a fat ass, he can probably eat. That's durability. There's durability in that ass. <laughs> Yeah, I, I, I think Shane Drohan, like this is the kind of guy that like. If you want to get excited, if you want to say the Red Sox are going to have another legit arm coming up in this next wave, it's him. No offense to Mata, Walter or Murphy. None of those guys are going uh, to actually said that, be way, starters. I know that you, well, you love you love uh, Murphy and Walter. 
I do not love Murphy. Uh, Walter and Mata, bullpen. Yeah. Mata, especially, but he got hurt. Now he's dealing with a shoulder problem. Well, be prepared to talk prospects on Friday because Maz was interested. I'm ready to cook him. Okay. Um, I mean, we have, the fact that we're an hour and a half in for a fucking two-game series that they split, like we're not even doing, like we're not even doing Clark's catch-up because it has to be a series win for Clark's uh for a two game series they only won one game we just did like an hour on nick pavetta in like 45 minutes on the 2020 red Sox, and another 30 minutes on tyler's birthday and his family and his grandparents rest in peace r.i.p yeah um (laughs) brian bayo brian bayo uh i was gonna hit the positivity horn but i wasn't queued up uh brian bayo Brian Bayo, six innings, six hits, two earned runs, one walk, five strikeouts, and the fucking massive homer, by the way, by Ronald Acuna Jr. Holy shit. But the slider was working. The changeup was dancing. The fastball was fastballing. It was a hell of a start for Brian Bayo. And if they send this guy down, I am going to be pissed. Suck on it. Let's suck on it to anyone that thinks that Brian Bayo should be the guy that gets sent down out of this fucking rotation not gonna happen suck on it it. yeah i i think for him he nailed his audition and what was the big thing the first inning looked like the brian bayo we've seen so far this season it was like not very efficient three two three two three two but he found a way what we saw after that was amazing he was constantly peppering in all those first uh first pitch strikes and that's the biggest thing for him if he can start ahead in the count and he's not always kind of working himself up or from behind it would go such a long way it also helps when you have some nice defense behind you. Shout out to Kike Hernandez, who hmm. that first inning, he was making plays left and right. And more made com- another play. Yeah, he, he looks more comfortable out there. We'll see. You know, usually when he has a string of good plays, that means a string of bad plays are coming. Um, but overall, this is everything you could ask for. And, you know, against that, that type of lineup, that's one of the best in baseball. He got 18 whiffs. Like he was missing bats. You saw the stuff high? playing. That's September Brian Bayo. Is that a career high? Hello? You back? Is that a career high, the 18 whiffs? <laughs> um, I'm not sure. That's a good question. I'm going to guess it's up there because he hasn't worked this deep into games regularly either. Yeah. But I thought tonight was as good as this stuff has ever looked in the big leagues. And if he had to make a statement, he's shown, I deserve to be here. Mm-hmm. No doubt about that. Yep. And I don't think that that was ever in question. Um, we were upset. We wanted him in the big league rotation. We thought he was one of their best five when he got demoted for what three or four days or whatever it was. But I never thought that that was performance based. No, it was roster manipulation. Yeah, that's all that was. Uh, Tristan Casas with a moon bomb for some breathing room. Love to see that. That's kind of what we've been talking about with Casas is like we love the plate patience, we love the strike zone awareness, but you got to be hunting the fastball. You're too big. You're too powerful to be up there looking for a walk. And he did work a walk on. Uh, there was a count where he kind of got boned on a pitch outside the zone, got called a strike. And I was like, ah, but ended up working the walk anyway. I'll take walks. Like, if you're going to give me a walk, I'll take a walk. But I want him to be hunting fastballs and hitters counts. And he absolutely demolished that. Which, by the way. Let me. Uh, let me give credit where credit's due. That was a great call by Dave O'Brien. Another great call in a long line of he's great having calls. himself a year. He's he Dave let Dave O'Brien cook. Okay, like 
you know, I think I think we've been critical of some of his calls in the past. Deservingly. Deservingly. Yep. They've been a little uh, passive, but not this one. Swing it a high fly ball. Deep drive by Casas. Way, way back there. It is gone. Man, he's been jumping on heaters or at least catching heater all night long. He gets this heater from Iglesias down in the zone. Talking about getting a bat in the zone and threw it. He smoked this ball. 442 feet. And the Red Sox open it up 5-2. Love that from Dave. Love that from Lou. Lou in the booth. I love it. It's my favorite. But Dave O'Brien, I told you. It's like, hey, you're a great Regional, you're a great national broadcaster, but with the, what this market needs is a regional broadcaster. That's not to say that Dave can't be that, but we need you to be that. And that, that was it. That was the call we were looking for. If it's a, big I think it was. Moment, if it's a big moment, let me feel it, and we felt it from Dave O'Brien. I think it was the Connor Wong homer about a week ago as well, where I was just like, this is what you need. This is someone who actually sounds excited when the Red Sox are doing well. Not Dave O'Brien was like getting more excited for opposing team homers than he was the Red Sox homers. So to see him maybe listening to the feedback, it's taken what? It's crazy to say seven years, (laughs) but it it looks like the advice is sticking. Maybe it's the guys in the booth with them. Maybe they've kind of brought a different energy. That's crazy. Yeah. But, you know, it makes me happy that at least people are connecting a little bit more like you're never going to replace Don. We know that like that is what it is. We're going to bitch about it till the end of time. If he keeps doing it like this, I think that makes it at least a little bit easier. And, you know, he's never going to be warmly embraced, but you can have a nice, fine relationship with the fan base. Yeah, I've I think, you know, I've definitely gotten to the point where I've let go of Don. Like I've I've stopped. I'll never let go. Yeah, I've stopped comparing the two. Um, I mean, it's been eight years. Like, it, it's time to let and go. Jared, I know you're bullshitting because every time you put on a Padres game, I know that oh, thing yeah, goes no, I, through your head. I love, I love Don Arcillo. Like, yes, I love Don Arcillo. I think he's fan-fucking-tastic. But it's almost like, um, trying to think of the right comparison. Um, like, it's almost like Manny Ramirez He's never going to be known as a Cleveland Indian. Like he's a Red Sox, but he spent how many years? Six, seven years in Cleveland. And yeah, but it's like, like right now, Don Orsillo, he's a San Diego guy. Like he is the voice of the Padres. Like Fernando Tatis, Slam Diego. Like he's like, it doesn't feel wrong anymore. Like in my, like in my mind, I watch enough Padres baseball now. And I obviously watch a lot of Red Sox baseball. Don's the Padres guy. Like he's not like like they're like Mookie to me, like in a way like Xander. All right. Because it's still fresh. Xander's a Red Sox. He's just in a Padres uniform. Like with Don, like it's not like, oh, that's a Red Sox broadcaster. He's just he's just in San Diego. No, like he's he's the Padres guy. So that's just how I feel about it. I miss him. I love him. Wish he was still here. But I've I've just accepted what it is. I do think it's a good take that you see him as a Padre guy, because I I agree. I think at this point, and part of it's because of the era when it happened, like he left right before social media, like Twitter and baseball, Twitter took off, took off. And I think that's a big part of it. 
now all his calls, they go viral every yeah. single time. Yeah. And, and like, that's such a big part of it when you're talking about going on every day and hearing those calls. Like it wasn't like that when Don Orsillo was here, they're just, the platform didn't offer that. So now as you go out there and you have those interactions, I, I always think of the, you know, slam Diego and all that stuff. If they can just actually grow up and be a serious baseball franchise and win and do something, mm-hmm. it'd be nice. Cause I want to hear Don make some meaningful calls again. Yeah. And at the same time, I would love if he could do a Red Sox game again because that Devers Grand Slam last year mm. is still one of my favorite things to go back and listen to mm-hmm. just to hear what a Don Orsillo Rafael Devers homer is like. Mm-hmm. It's like walking down a different timeline just for 30 seconds. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, think about it this way. Like when like Don Orsillo's last season in Boston, David Ortiz was still playing. It was Mookie Betts first full season in the big leagues like that's how long ago henry that. owens yeah hank owens was like a blue chip prospect blake swihart was uh a trustworthy person did you see my tweet about him the other day no so everyone was kind of sending around that you know it goes around every couple months the prospect that broke your heart oh yeah, 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 yeah i yeah, i do yeah. always post blake swihart because he was my favorite prospect coming up uh-huh. and a lot of people, a lot of rat comments. Hmm. Very deserved. Why? <clears throat> why they say that? I have no. I, I don't know. No, I, I uh, don't ever want to associate anything with right. anyone. Mm-hmm. But you know. <laughs> <laughs> Interesting. Interesting. Um. I will say with Casas, like I tweeted over the weekend. Yeah. Uh, what was it? Tristan Costa's breakout incoming. Yeah, it's happening. It's in front of us. I know yeah. it's taken a little bit, but you look at his last seven games, I believe. Is that what I'm looking at here? Yeah. Uh, last seven games. It's 238, 370 OBP. It's like a 109 weighted runs created plus. I think that's the cost we're going to get a majority of the year. I don't think the batting average is ever going to get super high, at least this year. May take a little time over the next couple of years, but I'm expecting that like 220, 230. Give me a freaking fantastic OBP mm-hmm. and just a little more frequent power. Yeah. Like he can be high 700s OPS, low 800s, maybe. It'll take time, but I think he has the kind of hitting approach and philosophy there where you expect him to, you know, improve in the coming years. Yeah. I mean, the OBP is going to carry him for uh, his OPS, but um, obviously he has the pop. We saw that tonight. Uh, but baseball season's rolling. It's the best time of the year, and there are games all day, every day. And when I'm watching all the games and recording all these podcasts every week, it can be tough to get a handle on it all. But thanks to Xfinity 10G Network, I can stay on top of everything. With Xfinity 10G, you can power an entire house full of devices with ultra low lag. So you and everyone you know can stream every single game at the same time and never miss a pitch. And if you're on the go, Xfinity has your back with millions of Wi-Fi hotspots. Introducing the 10G, the next generation. 10G network only from Xfinity. The future starts now. Learn more at Xfinity.com slash 10G. Uh, is it time to look ahead? <clears throat> I think so. I don't think we have anything else from today. Um, solid job by the bullpen after Bayo. Uh, Chris Martin, Winkowski, obviously Kenley, we mentioned. Uh, what point were you going to make? Jaron Duran. Jaron Duran. Uh, after a quiet Philly series. Yep. Nice to see him kind of have a two hit day. And he stole another bag six for six on the air. Yep. Drove in a run, doubled, still playing great defense. Um, I feel like that doesn't get talked about enough for for all the hell that he took last year, and deservedly so. For uh, the defense, he's been 
sound to quite good. Uh, all around. All around. It's having a great fucking year. And I hope it continues because uh, easy guy to root for. Um, I got an update. A um, Mets fan. I always forget that like fans of other teams listen to this podcast. A Mets fan who listens to Name Redacted uh, reached out and said, hey, you still looking for a stop and chop look ahead song theme song jingle? And I was like, yes. He's like, hey, all right, we're on it. So I don't know what it's going to sound like. I mean, this is not someone that I'm familiar with where it's like, oh, like, I love this guy's work. So this is going to crush. I have no idea. It could be terrible. I have no idea. But at least someone came forward and said, I, I want to make a stop and shop look ahead jingle for you guys. So that could be that could be coming soon. He's a Mets fan. Mets fan. Risky business. I mean, we've gotten tweets this year from Yankee fans being like, hey, I'm a Yankee fan, but I like listening to Name Redacted more than I like listening to other Yankee podcasts. Well, they don't have a team to watch, so they need something to tune into. Did you see how, like, <clears throat> if you look at the the standings that the AL East goes into the AL Central and it lines up perfectly, like the Yankees would be in, the Yankees are in last place in the AL East, they would be in first place in the AL Central. Yeah, it's absurd. It's it's so, it's cool to some degree, but it's so frustrating because you just, you sit there and you realize how the value. How are you though? E- extremely frustrated. Uh-huh. Um, it, it tears me apart inside. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, the Red Sox are the second wild card team. They passed the Blue Jays again today. Yep. So that makes it a little bit easier for me to breathe through. But man, to think if we were in the central right now, we wouldn't be sweating a damn bullet. No. We'd be running away with the division, not even worried about the twins. Yeah. It's bullshit. Geography is 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 holding us back. I'm a big proponent of a what is it called? Realignment. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Let's let's fix the divisions. Yeah. Maybe. Maybe that day's coming. But the Stop and Shop look ahead brought to you by Stop and Shop. Head on down to Stop and Shop. Use the promo code SECTION10 and get 10 cents off each one of your tangerines when you buy up to five pounds of tangerines only at Stop and Shop uh, with the promo code SECTION10. You can only use that in the store. You cannot use that online. Uh, It is a three-game series against the dog shit. St. Louis Cardinals, who are 13 and 24 on the year, but I believe have won three straight. I could be wrong about that, but I think they've won three straight uh, against Cubs. Yeah, after they dragged Wilson Contreras through the mud. Yeah. Yep. Nice organization you got there. James Paxton versus 45-year-old Adam Wainwright. 7-10 on Friday. Chris Sale versus Steven Matz. That is a 4-10 start. And then our very first... Sunday night baseball on ESPN. Corey Kluber versus Miles Michaelis. That is the series finale. Red Sox are 13 and 7 with a plus 19 run differential at home this year. Uh, the Red Sox are also 6 and 2 with a plus 7 run differential in the month of May. Adam Wainwright. He only has made one start this year. Uh, does not have a win, does not have a loss. 720 ERA, 160 whip. You know. It's one start. He's only made one start this year. He had a groin issue. He suffered. Um, this was in the uh, before the season started. I don't think it was in the World Baseball Classic. I think it was sometime in between. Um, throws a lot of curveballs, a lot of low, uh, slow sinkers, uh, mixes in a cutter, threw 41% curveballs in his first start, gave up three hits and a double off of it in 12 plate appearances, also had four strikeouts on the curveball. Uh, he went five innings, eight hits, four earned, did not walk a batter, struck out five. The Cardinals lost. They always do. Red Sox hitters. You got Justin Turner, four for 14, couple doubles and a homer. Jaron Duran, uh, one for two with a double and a walk. 
Steven Matz, 0 and 4. This guy fucking sucks this year. 0 and 4, 570 ERA, a 160 whip, and an 8.2 strikeouts per nine. After what looked like a career resurgence in Toronto a couple of years back, 2021, Steven Matz has a 544 ERA in 22, star, uh, 22 games, 17 starts for the Cardinals over two seasons. Um, the catcher debate has been, as we just mentioned, a big thing in St. Louis. And it's kind of fascinating for him because you had Wilson Contreras behind the dish for four starts, 21 and a third innings, 708 ERA. Opponents were hitting 345 with a 945 OPS against them. Uh, what's this asshole's name? Kin- Kininzer? Kinzer? Ninzer? Yes. How do you say it? It's Ninzer, right? Who cares? Uh, three games, 16 innings, a 394 ERA. Opponents hitting 226 with a 691 OPS. And we also know that, Jose, uh, no, Jose. Uh, Wilson Contreras. Who's Jose Contreras? That was the fucking pitcher for the Yankees, right? Yes. The one that the Red Sox wanted. Theo Epstein broke a chair because they didn't sign him. <laughs> yeah. Uh, loves allowing home runs. He's allowed seven total. Uh, one in uh, six of seven starts this year. Not a lot of deception with Matt's. His chase rate is just in the 13th percentile. Not a lot of spinny stuff from him either. 56% sinker, 25% changeup. Changeup sucks. Opponents hitting 313 against it. 521 slug, three bombs, and a 377 weighted on base average. He's lost a full mile per hour on the sinker this year, down to 93.5 miles per hour. Changeup is down a mile and a half <clears throat> per hour. Cardinals are one in six when he starts, but did win his last start against the Detroit Tigers. Get this, Tyler. Red Sox hitters, 346. 373, an OPS over 1,000. Justin Turner, four for 17, a double and two bombs. And Bob Stop, Bobby Dahlbeck, two for seven, a triple and a homer against Mats. Uh, Miles Michaelis, one and one, a 540 ERA, a 166 whip, 8.9 strikeouts per nine. After an all-star appearance last year, Michaelis is struggling Big time in 2023. He had a 329 ERA and a 387 FIP last year. This year, it is a 540 ERA and a 467 uh, FIP this year. His strikeouts have jumped from 6.8 to 8.9, but the rest of his stats are uh, not good. Uh, He was walking just 1.7 batters per nine last year. um, Or no, 1.7 walks per nine last year. And it's at 2.6 this year. Uh, he's allowed 7.6 hits per nine last year. It's at 12.3 this year. It's a big jump, almost double. His BABIP is insane, 382 compared to 250 last year. So maybe you can say he's gotten a little bit unlucky. I'd love to see what the exit velocity numbers are if, if his BABIP is that high. Um, a lot of this can be blamed on the catcher situation. Again, uh, yeah. Contreras, five starts, 25 innings, a 684 ERA. Opponents hitting 364 within a thousand OPS, and then uh, whatever the fuck his name is, Kaninzer, uh, three starts, 16 two thirds at 324 ERA, uh, 258 batting average, and a 688 OPS. He's only allowed five extra base hits with Kaninzer behind the dish compared to it's Kisner, Kaninzer, uh, no, with 13 of which being home runs with Contreras, um, yeah. So Cardinals are four and four in his starts. Red Sox hitters 258 with a 666 OPS. 
two doubles. Both of them belong to Kike and Justin Turner. Paxton, it's his first start of the season. As you already know, uh, he's pitched just 21 and two-thirds innings since the start of the 2020 season. Mainly, you're going to see four-seam, cutter, curve. Uh, rarely, you'll see the change thrown in there. Uh, used to sit 95. Don't know. I don't know what to expect from him velocity wise. His first time out, touched ninety seven down in AAA. <clears throat> so who knows? I mean, maybe the adrenaline's there. Don't know. Um, the rehab numbers obviously weren't great, but it's just rehab. Cardinals hitters one for eight with a double. Um, it's all Nolan, <laughs> so he's the only guy that has faced them. Uh, Chris Sale in game two, he dropped his FIP in every single start this season, and it's now at three ninety seven. His three awful starts basically have ballooned his ERA, uh, but he's still trending in a good direction. First back-to-back quality starts of the season. He now has three in his last four outings. Has not allowed a home run, knock on wood. Has not allowed a home run in his last four starts after allowing five home runs in his first three. Uh, His savant page, Tyler, looks very good. A lot of red. Red Sox are five and two in Chris Sale starts. Cardinals hitters one for six with a homer. That home run belongs to Nolan Arenado. Wilson Contreras, 0 for 3. Corey Kluber, 2 and 4, 629 ERA, 140 whip, 7.3 strikeouts per nine. That is three straight starts for Kluber, allowing three earned runs or less while completing five, at least five innings. That's pretty good. I'll take it. He has to figure out the home runs, though. He's already allowed nine this season, one in every single start, uh, and two in two starts. Uh, he's the fucking walks. I mean, we talked about that his last time out. With the walks, he's got to get that shit under control. In 160 innings last year, he walked 21 batters. He's already at 12 walks this year. So he's got 1.2 walks per nine, leads baseball uh, last year. Um, and he's nearly tripled it this year at 3.1. Cardinals hitters, 212 with a 569 OPS, a double, a homer. Um, Nolan Arenado 0 for 3 and uh, Goldie 2 for 9, 5 strikeouts of 444 OPS. I'm excited to see Nolan. I That just hit me now that Nolan is going to be in town. Um, he needs some love. He really does. He really does. I'm, uh, I'm going to text him tomorrow. I'm going I'm to try and get him for baseball's dead because we were talking about that earlier. We were like, um, like, oh, like who can we get from the Cardinals for an interview? And I was like, I don't know. Let, let me ask Jack Flaherty. And he's not, he's like uh-huh. very not happy with the media right now. So that's probably an, an interview that I'm going to skip, but I'll, uh, I'll see if Nolan wants to do a little something, something on Friday, Tyler. That'd be cool. Uh, I'm just saying things over there. I, I don't think Ollie Marmol is going to be around no. uh, for much longer the way he's operating. It sounds like that entire clubhouse is player ran and not in a good way with Yachty no longer there. So I think they're coming in at the right time. I don't care that they've won three in a row or whatever it is. I think this is a get right series for the Red Sox overall, where they can just kind of body them up and pick up some nice wins and, you know, ride this little hot wave after taking this last game against Atlanta. Yeah, it'd be nice. Jake, you down for a little Nolan interview if we can swing it? Yeah, down to talk to Nolan. Yeah, he's a great guy. Great guy. Loves loves the Red Sox. How many interviews you guys done now? Not a lot. I I don't think we've done any really this year. Did you do one? Uh... I don't remember. Maybe. I mean, like we've we like sprinkle them in. Like, I I think the biggest thing that I've learned and it's great from uh, leaving the old place and coming to DraftKings is that we don't have to use interviews as a crutch. 
like people listen to the show because they like the show, which is great. And like, shout out to the listeners for that. Um, like I definitely shame on you. What? There's been multiple. What? You had Nolan on, not on baseball is dead, but on the old show. Oh, I didn't think that that's what you were asking. Yeah. Oh no, that's what I was referring. To. Yeah, we had Nolan on <clears throat> um, spring training 2019, uh, and then later that year I went to Denver, interviewed him again in the dugout. That's when I met Trevor Story for the first time, um, and then we had him on for a third time right after, uh, right after the Cardinals trade. Yeah, I think it was like his first interview that he did after he got traded to St. Louis. Because like there was like a report that came out like two years like it was like recently like oh he like this past off season there was like a report like Nolan Arenado is not opting out of his contract and I was like he fucking told us that two years ago like the the interview his first interview after he got traded to the Cardinals he came on the podcast and he said I'm not opting out like he said it point blank and then this past off season it was like breaking news Nolan Arenado not opting out he's gonna stay with the Cardinals like we fucking had that two years ago. Um, but yeah, we haven't really done many interviews for like Baseball is Dead or Name Redacted. But uh, obviously, we want players on. We were supposed to have someone tomorrow. And then that got postponed. We're trying to work out another date for that. Um, but yeah, we were supposed to have someone for Name Redacted tomorrow. We're, we're, we're going to reschedule. But yeah, if we can get Nolan this weekend, that'd be cool. Love Nolan. Um. Any final thoughts, Tyler? How do you feel? We got predictions. 40, 40? Oh yeah, predictions. Jeez, um, dude, you are. Uh, I'm fucking, it. dude. It's fucking one o'clock in the morning. I didn't. I'm. I'm trying to get you to bed. Um, give me two out of three. I and I did take another W. Shout out to me uh, for continuing to hit. Yeah. Um, but I'll take two out of three here. I, I think the Red Sox bats, after being somewhat quiet in the Philly series and in Atlanta, where they weren't dominating, they weren't the story like they were previously. Mm-hmm. I think they dominate this staff because I think they're absolutely lost out there. They don't know what to do when Yachty's not behind the plate. So unless you're not Jordan Montgomery, you're getting rocked. Mm. So then you all that just to say that you don't have the balls to pick them to sweep. Uh, No, I don't. Not with James Paxson and Corey Kluber starting games in this series. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, And be patient with James Paxson. If people start frigging freaking out, if you cannot learn from Chris Sale, that you need to give him a couple starts to get it right, spare me. Okay. Um, Jake, what do you think about this series? I think I'm going to go sweep in this one. <laughs> okay. All right. Um, any reason behind that? I just feel like we're due to get back to sweeps. Like we, would, <laughs> we won eight straight, and I'm kind of feeling like we rattle off a few in a row here. That I honestly, I agree. Like, I what Tyler? I agree with them. Like I just you're taking a sweep. You you feel sweep? Yeah, like it's been a while since we've had a sweep. Like I feel like we're kind of due for a sweep here. No, I, it feels like the chances of another sweep are not super high. But I'm not oh, against it. I I could buy into it. Fucking god, dude! Anything is possible with this team. I will not yeah. count them out. All right, yeah, don't. Someone has to be the voice of reason. You're not the voice of reason. You're the voice of negativity. Me and me negativity. And, yeah, you're the voice of negativity. Me and Jake are fucking on the right side of history because this weekend at Fenway Park, 
the Boston Red Sox are gonna sweep their way to victory so that on Sunday night baseball, after that shit show's over, after the fucking bodies are all tagged, we're gonna be doing a podcast talking about the red hot Boston Red Sox who just swept the St. Louis Cardinals. So we'll see you back here for the next episode of Name Redacted. One more time, it's gonna be me, it's gonna be Jake, we're gonna be celebrating a sweep, with 40-year-old Tyler Milliken. Be sure to tweet Tyler happy birthday all day today by using the hashtag Tyler40. And uh, the best happy birthday message gets a free name redacted t-shirt. Again, that is hashtag Tyler40. Happy birthday, Tyler. Fuck you. (laughs) Buenas noches, amigos.